It's my third year at UXDX. Right. No. And why have you come back? What was it that kind of attracted you? I love you? it. <laughs> I keep telling Catherine and Rory that this is my favorite product uh, UX-oriented conference. Um, I've, I've been to many other conferences. I like how they curated the topics, the talks, the speakers. There's a lot of high-quality conversation happening. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really interesting insights that that you get from from the people you interact with and it's um i think it's very focused as well and i think that's that's one of the advantages of having such an event very warm welcome to the understanding users podcast brought to you by researchable ux it's great to have you with me i'm your host mike green I'm a freelance user research lead and digital consultant based in the UK. Over the coming weeks, I'm going to be chatting to various digital experts who I've had the pleasure of working with in recent years. They're from various disciplines, including user research, UX design, development, and product management. And they'll even be a digital business owner or two. I'll be talking to them about how they came to be in their current roles, what they've learned along the way, and what advice they may have for others getting into the field. These are intended to be relaxed, informal chats with professionals who are keen to share their experiences. So sit back and enjoy. In this episode of Understanding Users, recorded in person at UXDX 2022 in Dublin, Mihaela and I discuss her work in an industry having to rapidly adapt to new challenges and attempting to do that in an agile and digitally product-centric way. She reflects on why conferences like UXDX provide such a good opportunity to hear, exchange and learn from other organisations embarking on similar journeys. And we ruminate on the practical difficulties of conducting insightful user research in multiple languages across a large organisation with a global customer base. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so if I could get you to introduce yourself, tell me a little bit about your role and the organisation you work in. Sure. Hi, Mike. Um, my name is Mihaela Dragic. I'm currently working as an associate director at the Software Development Center part of Volkswagen Digital Solutions in Portugal. That's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> I joined, I have a background in product management, actually. So I joined Volkswagen Digital Solutions back in 2019 as a product manager right. and have been working on a very interesting product that's quite dear to me. Um, it's a lead and sales management platform that enables dealers to manage their customers and the entire sales flow um, for cars. Right. <laughs> Focusing mostly on the electric vehicles. Right. So that, that was also very exciting. And uh, more recently, so in the last year, I've been um, at the associate director, which is a role that is a bit of a mix between product strategy, new product acquisition, uh, as well as product operations and processes inside the company. Um, just to give a bit of context, the software development center is um, structured as a flat hierarchy organization. We have several cross-functional product teams that work on different products. And for example, the one that I was part of, we actually ended up 
eventually being from, from one product team to actually being five different product teams that work on the product. So it scaled up over the last two, three years and we had to increase uh, increase the teams, didn't increase the size of the team, but actually created multiple cross-functional product teams that work on that product. Um, and we have, so what cross-functional means for us is basically developers, designers, and product managers. Right. So the, the holy trinity, <laughs> if right. you will. Um, and I think that that's, I think we found the right mix and the recipe for, for us to, to work in this structure, in this format. Of course, it comes with its challenges, but right. um, it's been working out nicely so far. And I have to ask, why Portugal, given that it's a, a German oh, company? And it, I guess it has a global, obviously, customer base, though. Um, so, actually, I think the, the story with the software development centers goes back to about 2015, right. uh, when the group actually decided to build more um, tech knowledge and product, digital product development knowledge in-house, right? Because right? traditionally the company was, and still is to some extent, um, hiring third-party companies to do software delivery, right? Right. So at some point they decided, okay, we have to build more knowledge in-house and we have to become agile and we have to move towards a more agile environment and we cannot necessarily do that by hiring third-party consulting companies or third-party software delivery companies. So they started forming these software development centers mm -hmm. across Germany. So, for example, the first one was uh, in Berlin. Right. And then they considered Lisbon, Portugal, as a really interesting location to be in because a lot of the companies were already looking at that space um it's a it's a really booming tech hub right now it's like mm. you have so many companies from like enterprise level ones to startups from all over the world that are setting up offices there um there's really great talent mm. to to hire from and to to recruit from um and things are moving super fast in the country there are a lot of um, also benefits and facilities coming from, from the government um, and also, let's be honest, the weather, the food, <laughs> the ocean, the, things. <laughs> the sun. Yes, it's, it's brilliant, actually. So in terms of, um, obviously, Volkswagen is a global company and it has a global user base. How do you design and research with users, whether they be internal or external, across the world? How does that work if you're based in Lisbon? Uh, it is a bit of a challenge, actually. So specifically, I can give, a, I guess, a very concrete example with a product I was working on, just to illustrate. So with that specific product and some of the other products that we worked on focused on the digital sales side of things, the main market was Germany, or the main market is Germany. Right. So that means that we would have to conduct user research with German users, in our case, dealers, right? So salespersons uh, in German, of course, because you don't want to conduct user research in the language in in a different language, right? So you yeah. want people to speak in their native language to be able to express what they actually feel, what they actually think, and not have the barrier of you know having to think in English or any other language. Right. So we do have the challenge of the language barrier. Um, in some cases, we work with our stakeholders. So we have our product 
designers and researchers that work very closely with our stakeholders and we collaborate on anything from writing the scripts for the interviews to recording the interviews, collecting data, the same for user testing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this has happened in other uh, products that had to be rolled out across different markets in Europe. So again, the challenge of, I think the biggest one is the challenge of the language and we had to find resources either through our stakeholders Mm -hmm. or, or different collaborators on those specific products or ask for help in our, let's say, sister software development centers where we have, in this case, German speakers, researchers, Mm. and and kind of be like, okay, you know, we know you work on a slightly different product, but would you have availability in the next month to help us out with this research? Mm, That's fascinating. Um, So so it's all, from your perspective, it's done remotely. You're not actually going out to these markets. it's It's a bit of a mix. Um, I guess a while ago we were actually going to dealerships, meeting people face to face, spending time with them, actually observing them throughout the day to see how they they go about their tasks and their daily work. Now it's mostly remote, yes. Mm-hmm. And what about the movement to kind of obviously electric vehicles and the growth of sort of digital and obviously organizations like Tesla being a kind of case in point and obviously Volkswagen are doing you know producing a lot of evs how does your role and the role of your team kind of change or evolve based on that presumably there's a lot more demand for your expertise um the products that we work on specifically are not connected to car software right we do build products in some cases for the end consumers or different applications like connectivity right uh, we do build products for, as I mentioned, digital sales or various other departments of the group. We are not working directly on car software in our centers. Right. There are other tech units, other organizations yeah. that focus on the car software area. Um, but I guess it's exciting to be part of this, right? Because I think that it, it kind of goes in two directions. On one hand, there's the the transformation and the change that is happening on the vehicle side of things mm. and the whole evolution, which is exciting, right? And thank God it's happening. I wish it happens faster. Yeah. Um, and the other hand is the, the change and evolution towards... So the company wants to focus more on the digital transformation side of things, right? And focus more on the direction of not only being just a car manufacturer, but being a, what they call a a mobility solutions provider. Mm -hmm. So diversifying in that space as well and moving towards a more digital product oriented organization, trying to become more agile, which again, is a long process, right? In Mm -hmm. such a big organization, it takes a while to change the way people have been doing things for years and years and years, right? So I think that these two things are happening at the same time. And it's like actually super beneficial to have these two things happening at the same time. That's fascinating. And thinking kind of more directly here where we are now in Dublin, is this your first time at UXDX? It's my first time in Dublin. Ironically, I've been wanting to come here for years and years and I don't know why it did not happen. It is actually the first time at UXDX in person. Right. However, it's my third year at UXDX. 
Right. No. And why have you come back? What was it that kind of attracted you? I love you? it. <laughs> I keep telling Catherine and Rory that this is my favorite um, product uh, UX oriented conference. Um, I've, I've been to many other conferences. I like how they curated the topics, the talks, the speakers. There's a lot of high quality conversation happening. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really interesting insights that, that you get from, from the people you interact with. And it's, um, I think it's very focused as well. And I think that's, that's one of the advantages of having such an event. It's, you know, this is the domain. We're trying to tackle this and this topics. Uh, we're trying to move to away from project teams to product teams. What are the challenges? We're trying to figure out how is best to structure an organization. What are the challenges? Um, user focus, user centricity. What are the challenges? And all these topics. And, and I think that having a focus, um, it's much more helpful for people to to get useful information and learn new new things that they can find beneficial in their work later mm -hmm. on. Um, again, it's my third year, and I, I definitely have enjoyed it so much more even in person than than the online version. Um, we were saying yesterday that sometimes when you attend the online events, you just play some of the videos uh, of the talks, mm -hmm. and you just listen to them in the background while doing something else. Well, being here in person actually gives you the opportunity to speak to people, exchange ideas, have a drink, have a coffee, have a chat. Um, and yeah, it's, I'm loving it. <laughs> That's great. And you were actually, I think, facilitating a, a discussion on the main stage yesterday. Yes, Is that right? I, You've been yeah, involved in some other talks. Yes. Tell me more about that. Uh, it was, it was really interesting. We were getting ready to have a bit of a, we're hoping we would have a bit of a, like, let's say a debate on, on the topic of um, fast growth startups, high growth startups. But actually, um, throughout the conversation, we were all more or less in agreement, right? Talking about um, structure, talking about processes, talking about people, talking about culture and how all these things change Um when, when companies grow so quickly. And I think Nicola um, from Utopia said something really interesting towards the end, which was uh, learning on steroids, mm. uh, which stuck, stuck, stuck with me um, because it's, it's kind of like that, you know, when you get involved in something that is fast changing mm. and it's, it's always moving and evolving, mm. you always have to be like quick in reacting and, and making decisions and moving forward. And sometimes you don't even have the time to think, okay, is this the right decision? Is this the right path? We don't know yet. Let's try. And then let's be open to change if it doesn't work out. And um, yeah, I, I, I really loved the conversation yesterday morning. And I think after that, we continued on the topic with other people as well. And it's interesting to see how these challenges are quite common across, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not, you're not the only company um, that, or only company that is uh, growing fast, that is trying to figure it out, right? Um, well, the others are doing the same. And it's actually nice to learn what others have come up with, any suggestions, ideas are always welcome to try out. And what will be your key takeaway from this event, do you think? 
if there was one thing you're going to take from it, what would it be? Uh, I think, again, I'm, I'm going to connect it with a conversation with the panel we did yesterday. It, it, in the end, it comes down to the people. Mm. And it's, it's always about that. It's about the people and about creating contexts and environments where people can get together and exchange. And I think this is what UXTX is doing, which is great. And I think it's the same in, in an organization, in a team, in a, in a company. It's about that. It's about the people and how you can create and facilitate environments where they can get together, exchange, work together, collaborate. And what would you say, Michaela, is the biggest challenge facing you in your work and, and your team going forward? Going forward? Um, or maybe at the moment. At the moment as well. It's a tough question. <laughs> there are quite a few challenges. Um, I, did, I did mention yesterday around uh, the fact that as, as I said, we have a flat hierarchy structure which works or seem to be working great so far because the, the, the team size was small. But as we grow, um, it's a matter of figuring out whether that is still working, how that is still working, and if it needs to be improved, how we can improve it. And that's one of the things that we are looking at right now. And the other part is around... Again, connected to people and career progression and growth in a flat hierarchy structure. It's something, it's one of the, the questions that we're asking ourselves right now and we're looking at right now with the teams. And final question How, in your view, can product teams ensure they're having the greatest impact on the users that they're building products for? Ooh, listen to the user. Like, listen, listen, listen to the user, ask the user. Um, I think this is something that we've been trying so hard to push for in the products we work on. Again, as I was mentioning earlier, we're trying to change from waterfall to agile and to user-centric. And when you work in an environment where the most important thing is to have a timeline with feature after feature after feature being delivered, and you go and say, no, we actually have to spend time talking to the users, listening to the users, understanding what they need and what the problems are, and then validating again with those users if the solution makes sense. Um, so for me, that's the key. Of course, don't forget the business impact and the business value. I think they're very much interconnected. You can't do one without the other, the influence, but still first focus on the users and then um, measure to make sure you're on the right path. Keep, keep track on what you're doing. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Understanding Users podcast and special thanks to my guest, Mihaila Dragici. If you enjoyed what you heard, do please like or comment wherever you're listening and feel free to share this episode more widely. And feel free, of course, to drop me a line with any feedback via LinkedIn or my website, researchable.uk. Links are in the show notes. Join me again next time when I'll be speaking with another experienced UX professional and asking them to share their wisdom, tips and knowledge. Until then, stay safe and stay user-centered.